Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are the Alum Ridge Boys and Ashley. We recorded this a couple weeks ago in Ginny McRae's home in Portland, Oregon. Thanks, Ginny. Before we get started, I want to let you all know that my old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, is playing Dee's Lounge in Nashville this coming Monday the 30th with recent guest of the show, Sam Armstrong Zickfoos, opening. And then we're headed to Folk Alliance International. We'll plaster that place with flyers so you know where to find us. Then we're playing in Champaign, Illinois on Sunday the 5th on our way back to Nashville. So come on out and get some spicy old-time music. And if you know any festival organizers going to Folk Alliance, tell them to go see us so we can get some work. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with the Alum Ridge Boys and Ashley. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy.
Yeah. That was rousing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Allen Ridge Boys and Ashley, mm-hmm. welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, and we're missing one boy. We are missing. We're one. missing Marshall. Mm-hmm. It was too busy yesterday. Marshall had to go. He had to go yeah. back home. Yeah. Uh, so we're missing some low end, but mm-hmm. we have. Uh, 80% of you. There you go. I did math for some reason. (laughs) Uh, And three of you have been on the show before. Andrew Small, Ashley Watkins, Connor Belitstra, and Trevor Holder. Yeah. Welcome welcome to the show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I first saw you play at IBMA uh, at this like speakeasy and you were playing for the Price Sisters and I was pretty blown away. And um, I was there with George Jackson, and he was, like, totally fangirling out every time he took a break <laughs> or did anything. Oh, yeah. Was that, was that the, I guess, that one bar, like, really late at night? Did y'all, did y'all play after us? Was um, I don't think we did then. We played at a couple other things, but, yeah. No, yeah, I remember yeah. that, because I think that was the only other time I've ever seen yeah, uh, well, y'all ever. Good. But that was, that was great. Yeah, good to have you in, uh, in Portland. Oh, so, this is... First time, significant time in Portland. Y'all have this come. This is absolutely my first time. Maybe in come through yeah. Portland, some of yeah. you. But, Definitely yeah. the first time I've ever hung out in Portland, and like had a few days to settle in and gone to people's been in homes in Portland and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I've been through for a gig years ago, just one night, but uh, I don't. I didn't have an experience. You know, like I didn't sure. just settle in and have a yeah. good time here. This has been a wonderful weekend. It's been. I mean, I guess for the record, it's, would you say it's been like civilized and because I've been, for the last couple of years, I've been getting a lot of messages saying like, are you okay out there? Oh my gosh. Think that <laughs> yeah. It's like burning to the ground. We now. did, uh, <laughs> people did express concern yeah. when they heard where, that we were going to Portland, I guess. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. But anyway, we have been, it's been wonderful. It's been so nice. It's been very civilized. Uh, seems Remember, like people live just fine. took a walk. Yeah, yeah, I walked around. That's great. Yeah, it's like hours today. It's perfect. It's a beautiful city. I'm glad to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, how long have you been in Oregon? And how long have you been on tour? Well, this is sort of our tour, is this week. So, we just came out on Thursday. We flew out here. Um, and we're going to be here for it'll be about a 10 day trip because we're here until next Monday. So, just filling out. We have the Portland Old Time Gathering, and then we've got a handful of house concerts and like. Shows in the region within a couple hour radius from here yeah. in the next week. So uh, just wanted to, since we were coming all this way out, wanted to make a little week of it and, yeah. and just, you know, get around the region a little bit. Um, Ash and I have been traveling a bit and just came pretty much straight from Australia back here. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah. Were you there like for the holidays? For the holidays, yeah. 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 And cool. we played a few gigs out there, yeah. but not really a tour, mostly a trip to Australia. Yeah. That's right. I met you to. Yeah. I think it was at Dorigo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, someday I'll, I'll make it back. I'll make it back. Yeah. <laughs> someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really special place. Yeah. Um, so, when yeah. was this band founded? Yeah. It's a hard question to answer because we've even talked about it ourselves. Yeah. It's hard to. There's no hard, hard lines. To, yeah. yeah. Well, the Allen Ridge Boys and Ashley sort of started as like. You know, a fiddler's convention contest band for yeah. us, and just to, and then gradually also like became our dance band for like the Floyd Country Store, which is our local dance venue. We play most of our dances there, and um, we live in Floyd County. Uh, Ash and I do, 
So we started the Allen Ridge Boys in Ashley and have had a few, there's a handful of like Allen Ridge Boys out there, you know, folks sure. who play with us on a somewhat semi-regular basis. And then, um, you know, Connor and Trevor have been living nearby. Trevor lives in Salem, Virginia, which is about an hour from us. And um, I think this is sort of like, this is a great, um, we have a few people who can who can do the dance set sort of thing, which we do dance music, but then we also do performance music. Yeah. You know, and so I think um, in this lineup, we're like probably at our, with our peak versatility with uh, Trevor and Connor here. Yeah. We can do, we can play for a dance all night or we can go get up and like play arranged material and go do sing some songs. Set, sing our yeah. songs. So it's really fun. It's been great working with them. We've just been hanging out a lot for the last couple years since yeah. we all you know known connor for years and got to know trevor just a couple years ago and we just you know love a lot of the same old music and love just hanging out and um it's been really fun to work up some material and get to incorporate them in the into the whole alan rich boys sound i yeah i love when uh when a, a band starts as like a just like a, oh let's throw together a contest band mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it has a life of its own i think yeah. that's a great yeah. way for a band to start uh, and also, I sort of I sort of assumed that maybe it started as a boy band, and then Ashley got involved. But it sounds like it's from the start. Yeah, you were dedicated to be to having it be a location mm-hmm. boys uh-huh. and Ashley. Yeah. Well, yeah. so um, since we're talking about the name band. Um, we definitely took inspiration from the Pine Ridge Boys and Patsy. Around. Oh, very good. Um, and I remember the first time I saw that band name and thinking like, basically what you just... Yeah. And I think that is what it was. It was a boy band sure. and then Patsy yeah. came along. And I always thought that was an interesting name. But um, anyway, we Andrew and I had an, another name. Um, we were the New Macedon Rangers, but no one could say Macedon. Sure. In America. We'll get Macedon or Macedonian or Mastodon. Mastodon. That's a different one. Yeah. And then, like, I, I can't even really say Rangers properly. <laughs> like, Rangers. Um, so we're like, okay, we're going to do away with that. And um, so. It was also a little confusing because we would play as a duet and play as a band and we would right. use the same name. And right. Then we thought we better just have some clear identities and yeah. sort of claim our duet is just like Ashley yeah, Hawkins yeah, yeah. and Andrew Small. Now we're just gonna yeah. use our names, and then Perfect. now we have a string band, and we love the music from you know Southwest Virginia, especially the string band music and like the kind of Galax band sounds from the '60s, and like the, just this whole string band and and Blue Ridge Mountain bluegrass sort of sounds that are coming along, and so many of those bands have these regional like re- regional. Um, identifiable names with like regional kind of locations that they're tied to. And so Alum Ridge is something you can see from our driveway. It's just a ridge right around the corner and um, right over the hill. And And we're looking for that alliteration. And it's got the alliteration. (laughs) It just kind of worked out well to model it after a band that we had taken a lot of influence from, like a a old time dance band that also played a lot of song repertoire, which is Pine Ridge Boys and Patsy. So that's cool. I I didn't know about Pine Ridge Boys and Patsy. That's Mm. lovely. Uh, and yeah, the idea of a bunch of interchangeable boys, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and Ashley. As long as I'm here with a couple of yeah. the boys, with the Alan yeah. Rich boys, and yeah, and there was, there was one here. time. Like we also really like to play with um, Andy Smith, um, yeah. who's a fantastic bass player. And I think there was one time where it was just like the three of us or something, and we were calling ourselves Alan Rich Girls and Andrew. So still works. <laughs> yeah, if we have to shift it for a game here today, we can be flexible. <laughs> um, we'll, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah. what do y'all want to play next? Well, oh, and what did we what did we just play? We just played sixteen days in Georgia. That um, that version of it is uh, got from the playing of uh, Wayburn Johnson, who, who fiddled that on the, um, the record was the Foothill Boys, and they're a, a, a sort of a bluegrass band and like an old timey bluegrass band from Mount Airy around there, and they made that record in the late '60s for County Records. It's one of my favorite album covers too. It's just like a black and white photo of like a pastoral setting, you know, barn with a stream flowing by it, and then this like turquoise blue font in the print for oh, their name, yeah. Foothill Boys, it just pops out on that black and white yeah. photo. It's really vibey. I love those old County Records covers. Cool. So, and it's and he's a great fiddler on that album. So and and I think you two earlier were talking about there's a 14 days in oh, Georgia. Yeah, we were just making because we we play that that tune a lot for this trip we were getting more familiar with the 16 days in Georgia. Are they related in any way? I, I don't really they kind of sound I, similar. They're both in C. I mean, I don't, I don't I think, really know. I think that they are my opinion is I, I think that they're related, but just like maybe 60 I really do think that what we said is the truth. <laughs> it's two more days. So I know Clark and Luke Lucas did it. Yeah. And uh, it was about like that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like that it was crooked had more and more days. Is the 14 day <laughs> version not crooked, as far as you know? No. Yeah. I mean, we play it, but I wouldn't And, know. and the skill records did that. It's three right? parts. Or no. No? It was yeah. a, uh, a bunch of people. Blue Ridge Highball. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's like the, it has three parts, yeah. and like the three parts kind of roughly follow those parts, too. Yeah. It's like, except there is like a. This doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is, it's all, people listening to this are big nerds and they want to listen to this. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's very, I think it's like related. Yeah. It's inexplicable or maybe we're just not eloquent, but there's Charlie (coughs) the Prod doing 14 days in Georgia and there's Clark Kessinger doing 16 days in Georgia, 16 days in Georgia. And they kind of sound the same. Yeah. It feels like there's like two more beats yeah. or something yeah. than <laughs> should be or something like that. Yeah. The extra two days. You had to yeah. sleep off the hangover, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But but that fiddler, I'm sure that Weyburn Johnson got his, he was influenced by Clark Kessinger. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel certain I don't have that, you know, research to back that up. But so I, your heart tells I'm you. I'm pretty sure because he would have been at all these same fiddlers commissions yeah. like Union Grove and Galax and would have been seeing Clark a lot during the mid 60s mm-hmm. and early 60s so and since that that version sounds a lot like Clark's so I don't know much else about this fiddler he he there, he passed away too soon he didn't hmm. live much longer than that album when it came huh. out so there's not a whole lot of information but he was great cool I want to go see this album cover and yeah listen to it yeah the Foothill Boys it's <laughs> yeah, great the Foothill Boys yeah. cool what yeah what do y'all want to play next uh let's see why don't y'all uh sing something sing wild yeah. over me oh, you want to do that yeah. okay yeah let's do that I'll just jump right into it like that, the right. little pickup. Uh, I guess I can count us into it as well.
<laughs> okay. Can we can we talk about these lyrics? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> I caught I caught the chorus, but I didn't catch all of the details of the verses. Oh, there's not much to it. There is um, the the verses are almost just the restating the chorus. It's okay. almost exactly the chorus every right. time with like just the most the slightest variation yeah. to, to make an excuse to call it a verse. Really, they will walk a country um, mile just to see me when I smile. Yeah. Who, <laughs> no, who sang this? Or well, or, or, I heard it from Larry Richardson and the Blue Ridge Boys, mm-hmm. and sort of a bluegrass band from. He was from Galax, and they're sort of a Virginia mountain style bluegrass band in the '60s. But um, I mean, that's. I'm sure that other people have done that song before, but it. It's got that, like, an old-timey quality to it, you know? A lot of their music does. That's sort of yeah. why I really like that, that sound of that bluegrass band. Um, but I don't know. Wild Over Me, it just caught my ear from the beginning because it's Absolutely. just so simple and, like, driving yeah. and, like, fun. And there's nothing to it. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to learn, I remember. Have you guys heard it? Before? I feel like I've heard pop records that are, like, Wild Over... Or we found one one time that was, like, a Wild oh, Over yeah. Me. I can't remember what it was, yeah. but it was, like, kind of the same song with, diff- like, more versus yeah. lyrics to it but I think maybe through some sort of process it got to Larry Richardson and that's what what he was doing. Yeah. probably one of them heard it on the radio and really liked it could only they, they remember just, the yeah. one verse yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they go wild over me yeah yeah, yeah. Like, guys you're gonna love this it's great I've got this new song for the band can't remember any verses but <laughs> we'll just do our best is it in the does it mention like being a musician in, in any of the lyrics? Or is it literally just like, I hold a lot of social capital because of my general charisma or maybe I'm particularly attractive? Well, I think it, it's I think not, good good it's looks. not good looks. It's, it's not, not good, good looks. It says it in the lyrics because I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. It's those little things I do. It's the little things yeah. I do. Yeah. They go wild, simply wild over me. I don't know what it is they see. It's not good looks, that is true. It's oh, the little okay. things I do. Right. They go wild <laughs> over me. It's like, a, it's yeah. like Oh Johnny. Have you heard that song? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh Johnny O, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill and the Bells. Is oh okay, oh, cool. like, yeah. it's like the same same deal. Uh-huh. Just about a dude, and they're like, I don't know what it is. I don't like this guy. Yeah, he's got it going on. <laughs> Not particularly attractive, but he's got it going on. Yeah, yeah there's so much. Uh, yeah, it's like interesting, like gender stuff in that because it's like, yeah, there's something about the way I hold myself, and that's like. I, I feel like in our culture, maybe what men are kind of like, ex- that's more prized in men. Like their sub, like their, their subjectivity, like how, uh, the, the way that they can like hold themselves in a room or like mm. present themselves. I like that. That song is just, that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't know. The verses are, um, how they fight. Oh, they fight over me. Great. I don't know what it is that they see. I mean, that's the only ch- modification to the chorus right. to make that into a verse. They're letting you know that they're really wanting to get to see him, that they'll push each other out of the way, I right. guess, people. He's not specifying who this audience is who really wants to right. get to him. And then it's... And there's not go, an explicit endorsement. No. It's just <laughs> like, d- this is happening to me. No. I think it's just... <laughs> yeah. Grappling. The, the only other bit of information is how far they'll walk, which is a country mile. Just to see me when I smile. Yeah. So. Well, that's just a smile. It's yeah. just a smile. Yeah. So anyway. How, how far would they walk for smile. certain other right. things? Mm-hmm. Who's to say? There's no telling. <laughs> yeah. What More a funny song. Mile. It is funny. I love it's that. It's funny. Yeah, it's I mean, so I great. Just, it's just, I don't think about it too much. I just, just sing it and be like, yeah, I can remember those words, I think. I don't think about facts. It's Larry Richardson's too. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Is he a particularly charismatic person? He's a 
Some, he's a, I don't know much Have about anyone his personality. In this room, has anyone in this room gone wild over Larry Richardson? I've yeah. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yes. Great. I would walk like a thousand country miles. <laughs> okay. Honestly, it is the little things. Yeah. What are the, he's, he's a banjo player. Maybe that's really the context know. that Cameron's missing. Is that we all know Larry Richardson. Oh, man. It just makes yeah. sense. Like, of course. He's like one of the greatest <laughs> banjo players and singers and had a, an amazing band. He played with Monroe, was it after Reno or was oh, it around the I'm late sure. early fifties or something? Yeah. He did like a year or two with Monroe at that point and the Bluegrass Boys and then like had his own band when he came back to Virginia later on. And then there's a local fiddler from like Patrick County, just the next county over from Floyd named Buddy Pendleton, who was like a real fixture in the local scene for a long time. And so like those local guys, I don't know all the other musicians in the band, but it was just like you could tell that they all brought their like old time traditions from the region into that bluegrass band yeah. sound. And then Larry's like a virtuoso, amazing. I mean, Trevor could talk about it more, but his banjo picking is really, yeah. I think really unique. And I think it, for me, it really just like pops out. It's so distinctive and it like cuts. It's, it's edgy and punchy in a way that I really like. My impression is that a lot of the music that y'all play uh, as this band and maybe also separately uh, to varying extents is music that is not necessarily like obeying this sort of strict divide between genres between old time and bluegrass. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was wondering if you could speak on that because I don't necessarily know the, uh, appropriate questions to ask cause I'm in such a bubble yeah, when it comes sure. to like old time music and like festival revival scene and stuff. And like, sometimes I don't necessarily know where, the streams cross. Yeah. I, think, I think that's our point, though, is that like we don't know where they like yeah. one starts and the other one ends, kind of thing. We're just playing what we like. Uh, well, and also I think that we've seen or, or we've found a lot of great music, whether it's local musicians in our area or old recordings or whatever that have that sound that we like, and and we've encountered a lot of people. I think especially an older generation of musicians who live in. Some of these rural places, maybe like, you know, some of the people who are still living around Virginia and North Carolina and go to these fiddlers conventions, they didn't have such a divided view of like a clear right. separation between old time and bluegrass. We got to um, meet like Berlin Clifton the other year before he passed away. He was the mandolin player in the Camp Creek Boys, which is one of the like really, you know, seminal string bands in our region, at least, that influenced a lot of the old time string band sound that you hear now. Yeah. I mean, he's known playing old time music in an old in like a few different string bands. He played with Benton Flippin and did, mm. you know, worked with Paul Brown and they were in like I guess the string stretchers and but he's Good kinda man. known as an old time mandolin player and I wanted to ask him about that. And I also found an old record that he played in that was a bluegrass band, a local yeah. Mount Airy bluegrass band and I asked him if he had if he ever thought about it like that. Like did right. you have a preference? Are you more of a bluegrass player? Are you more of an old time player? Right. And he really he was just like, we just played good music. We just played yeah. what we wanted to yeah. play. And, you know, if we're playing for a dance, we're going to play this way. If you're getting up on right. the stage and you're going to put on a concert and, you know. I feel like Ralph, is, Ralph Stanley even kind of said the same thing, that he just plays mountain music. Yeah. He didn't really see the divide. Yeah, it seems like it may be... Uh, this, like, binary is maybe a bit useless. Mm. <laughs> it's like... Uh, what you're saying, like, um, like, may like, maybe it's more about what is the goal? Yeah, the, what do, the what, do, what do I want to accomplish when I'm playing music in each I think setting? Dividing it like that is actually kind of set 
set me back at some point in college. Because, like, I remember I would only go to, like, bluegrass events for a long time because I thought, like, oh, the music that I like right. is at bluegrass events or whatever. Right. But then I know there's a lot of people who would go to old-time events in the same way. Right. And so, yeah. like, it was, it was actually a really nice moment when I kind of realized that dividing the two musics like that was kind of counterproductive for what I liked or yeah. wanted to do. You were like maybe robbing yourself of some yeah, pleasure mm -hmm. yeah. and community. Yeah. And it's, um, I think, um, for me there, there's like many genres within what we call old time music. There's so many styles. Right. There's such a huge yeah. range. And like, I love old time music and, and I love like scratchy old source recordings and like all kinds of stuff that is way earlier than bluegrass and all that. But you know, I have some <clears throat> styles that I'm more drawn to than others and some sounds that are my preference, yeah. you know. And so there's there's so many sub-genres when we want to get right. down to it. But I, I find that I'm really captivated by the energy that comes along, especially like in the like 20s and 30s and yeah. 40s and like these bands, especially, you know, I and I like all these different different sounds there too. But, but um even after bluegrass came into existence and like people would have been hearing sounds like Monroe's band on the radio or other bluegrass acts coming through and touring. And that started to influence the local traditions. Um, you know, Fiddle and Arthur Smith being on the Grand Ole Opry every week, like playing that, playing in his style influenced so many local fiddlers. And in some ways it's sort of like, wasn't good for local regional traditions because we might have lost some, like some fiddlers yeah. might not have picked up the way that the people in their area used to play because they were taken by, you know, they just wanted to sound like Arthur Smith. Right. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, it also creates really cool new genres. It's a natural step in a music traditions evolution. In my opinion, I think that like that sound of like what was happening at the Galax fiddlers convention, yeah. and play, it's really well documented there, you know, um, at least that you had all these, these musicians from rural areas who grew up hearing old time music and playing old time music and maybe their parents played old time music yeah. and then they were attracted to something new and like yeah. maybe higher energy and maybe more of a performance oriented thing. And the way that that sort of, the way that they, their approach to playing, you know, trying to play performance music while still like having these yeah. elements of tradition yeah. that, you know, was just part of their musicianship and how they heard it yeah. i think that made a really that's a neat sound too that's like unique in its own way that um is sort of a natural evolution for in a, an oral tradition how this, these things are created so yeah it sounds like y'all are like interested in like what happens to a tradition when it has the the particular pressures of being in a recording environment or in a performance environment and trying to like how do I heighten this? How do I make this something that um, will win a competition or will get me on the radio and get people yeah. to buy a or, record? Or just get this huge crowd excited. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. like, we're at the Fiddler's Convention. Like, listening to a recording of Otis Burris playing at the Galax Fiddler's Convention, <clears throat> and he's, like, blazing fast. And it's just so high energy. And then you hear the crowd go wild for it. And it's like, you're feeding off that energy. And it's it's not just, like playing for a room of square dancers or something. It's yeah. like playing for like sort of a raucous like audience who's like right. there to have a really good time and they want to see you get fired up and they want yeah. you to fire them up. And it's just like, we're all, I don't know. We it's want a different we want energy. We're going to yeah. share this energy. I, in this I think space. we definitely, when we're thinking of a set list, we're definitely thinking of like, what is the context of this performance? Yeah. Is it a dance 
okay, then we're going to play these things and these feels, or is it a performance? Then we're going to like make sure we bring in different kind of feels between each song and think of it like an arc throughout the set and things yeah. like that. We're thinking of it completely differently, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny, like even at the old time gathering, we were like, okay, it's old time music. Let's paint this set a little bit more old time. Uh-huh. Um, so we were definitely thinking of it like that. And then like we still got called the bluegrass band. That'll happen, yeah. I mean, it's all old time. Yeah. 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 Well, um, let's play another tune and then Trevor, I'd love to ask you some banjo questions. Yeah. And, because you're the you're the the new one on the show. So yeah. yeah. What, what should we play next? Or y'all play next? Because I'm also excited to um, hear some arranged on the, stuff. On the topic of Larry Richardson, yeah. I think we should do another Larry Richardson. Yeah. Show. You want to do that one now? Yeah. Yeah. So we need the other banjo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. We got two banjos unless, gone. Unless you just want to show yeah. it to Cameron. Oh, I, I, would love, I would love to trade with you. Yeah. Or, uh, or unless you're giving a guitar to someone else. Or... You want Cameron to do it? Why don't you, you do should, your banjo you part? Let play Cameron banjo. play the guitar. I love. Okay. I want to. I want to hear yeah. your uh, your banjo playing again. It's been a minute. Do you Where's... want me to sit over there? Oh, like, yeah. Let's let's. Yeah. Good point. Let's trade. Yeah. All right. Are y'all ready? Yeah. <clears throat> all right. She's gonna kick it, and we'll all jump in. Um, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, my. 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 Oh,
Okay. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> that that recording of Larry Richardson. Yeah. He, he played it with two banjos. It's then. Larry Richardson and Happy, Happy Smith. Smith. Happy and Smith. So they, they they made a couple, uh, at least four, I think, records of, of them playing Clawhammer and Three Finger together. I love it. And this is what, like late 50s or so? Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah. Like 55. Mm-hmm. And when you say records, do you mean like... 78. 78s, like yeah. released and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's Blue Ridge Records is what that was. I don't know. I think you're it's right. Blue Ridge. It's Blue Ridge, okay. yeah. yeah. Cool. How, I mean, do you know like how they how they met or how they decided to play those two banjo styles at the same time? Or? I imagine it was a Galax Fiddlers Convention connection that they. It seems like a really logical place that they might have met, but um, it might have been. But I, I have no. Yeah, you know that, in uh, my mind, that's the story. It. Tommy Gerald like claims that he taught one of the two of them, or maybe both of them, that song. I get some sort of interview. Yeah, Happy Smith gets credit for those lyrics. Yeah. Um, oh, so I reckon that maybe Tommy it claims that he taught it to Happy, and Happy took credit for it on it's some just, recording, maybe. And it's just they seem very traditional. Hearsay. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. I yeah. wonder who's, if anyone is telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, everybody's trying to get credit. It's yeah. just an old old song. You know? Yeah, that's an interesting idea of like, you know, it's like, oh, it was an old song. Who cares about who has the credit? But then all of a sudden it's like, well, now we got like, oh, there's, copyright. there's money there's involved. Royalties. Yeah, yeah, and royalties. Yeah. I think yeah. it starts getting a little messy. Yeah. That's the, yeah, oh yeah. I, that's the trouble with traditional music and music in general. Like, a lot of this music, you, you can get like source recordings, like Slippery Hills, a wonderful resource that that stuff's all out there. But like, we can't have a resource like that. This is my little, getting on my little soapbox yeah. here to, yeah. to tell you Go what there. I think is wrong with the world. <laughs> like, we can't have like one unified resource to hear all of our favorite like old bluegrass recordings and you know, and one archive online because there's like all these copyright protections. Right. And, and then I understand that, you know, it's protecting not, the people exactly who made that music. music but, yet, yet, I guess. Yeah, but it's like sort of becoming that or like if you want to learn it, like there's all these obscure rare old records that are maybe just going to, that are on a physical media that right. if you don't have, you know, a copy of that 78 and it's not a particularly popular one, then, you know, I don't know, they could just disappear entirely if there aren't people who continue to like dig it up and share it or digitize and, and somewhere, I wish somebody would save all this and kind of put it together. My my favorite things are like these YouTube channels where people are putting yeah. stuff all all the time. Like Take's Bluegrass channel on YouTube is an incredible resource, mm. and I think he's just a private collector who's always uploading digitized LPs and mm. all that. But people like that, and you know, there's a few channels on YouTube with some of the best music you can find out there. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it seems like there is like a lot of um, folk substance to bluegrass music, oh, yeah. uh, even after it's recorded. And it's not like, I mean, old time, like George Jackson introduced me to the Ed Haley Man of Constant Sorrow. And I didn't know that that was like a kind of like a pop song at the beginning of the recording industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that was like had a had its own life as this like weird, like but pro- like professionally recorded like song before that. And then it got turned into, you know, and Haley turned it into a fiddle tune, you know? So it's not like old time music is like also just from some sort of pure right. source, yeah. you know, never affected by 
capitalism or yeah, industry or I think a good pop, example yeah. of that is like the Kimball family from North Carolina, yeah. just right near where we live. And um, yeah, they were like singing pop songs and everything and making it sound like old time music. And you know, today people are really surprised when they find out that. Well, something like Red Mountain Wine is a song that a lot of people know in traditional music and just assume maybe it's a traditional song. Right. It was written in the early 70s by one of the guys who was in the Flying Burrito Brothers at some point. Oh, okay. And then like the Kimballs heard it somewhere yeah. and started playing it and it's when they play it, it sounds super old yeah. and it's great. It's a great song and a great mm-hmm. tune. So like it's totally appropriate in the repertoire. I don't know, that my opinion yeah. with traditional music repertoire is that people in traditional places play like... Use the instrumentation they have at their disposal. If you have a piano in your house and somebody plays the piano, then that's part of your right. your band sound. Like the Sheeler family, you know, had yeah. the piano. And um, and if you know, if there's songs that you know the lyrics to, like the Poplin family played all these cool pop songs and you just mm. d- did it in their own style. I think people just do the best they can with what they've got and the songs they know and the repertoire they've got. And that includes things you hear on the radio or that... You heard that one time you went to see a vaudeville performance or when that stagecoach show rolled through your town and somebody yeah. sang some song and you kind of remembered it and then made it your own. I mean, that's that is what that's oral tradition and that's as authentic as it gets, I think. Just yeah. like imitating but then making it your own. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything came from somewhere yeah. except for what we made up. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think old time music is just a music that old timey people play. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. Typically how it works out. It's just music people play. Yeah. I mean, half the skillet liquors also played like jazz music too. Oh, cool. I mean, I would still, you'd still consider them old time music. Yeah. Like, did like Riley Puckett play jazz music? I mean, arguably, I would say a lot of his records. Some of those runs sound like jazz music. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, where is that called? The music he played might have been jazz music. Jazzy pop music or whatever. Because he made a lot of records like, um, like When I Grow Too Old to Dream or like, uh, when you and I were young, Maggie has like the yeah. 20s kind of pop mm. sound. And they were def- definitely all into that music. Like Clayton McMitchin or Los Dos made a bunch of records that were kind of like probably their interpretations of what they wanted, how they wanted to play. Like it's definitely not fiddle tune music. Right, but, right. But, so, yeah, I mean, Riley played with like a lot of, uh, there's Stranger Malone on clarinet on a lot of recordings mm-hmm. of like McMitchin's Hometown Boys. Uh, and then tons of accordion is present on his like forties recordings, which I'm not saying, and that's why it's jazz. <laughs> but it's, it's just a thing to think about. <laughs> yeah. So Trevor, I'm interested in asking you what what are the the little things that like Larry Richardson does on the banjo oh, that like yeah. stand out to you that make you go wild? Yeah. Okay. okay. I think Andrew put it really well earlier. It's just like the kind of drive he has in the tone and like the really powerful, like bright, full sound he gets out of it. Um, as far as like, that's, that's what I've always wanted to learn how to do as a banjo player. So there's a lot of bluegrass style banjo players from the fifties who can kind of just more than anyone else I've heard, get that really like bright, sharp sound that really cuts through. Yeah. Um, in, in that same way. But when, I think Larry Richardson was, was really good at that. When you say the drive, yeah. are you, how much of that is, is the timbre informing the drive or is it like a specific way, like where he places the roles that he uses? Definitely, like what is it? That's, that'll definitely be a part of it. Um, cause there's definitely a lot of early bluegrass music has a certain push to it that maybe, uh, before wasn't really common or, after isn't as common. 
yeah, I mean, Let Me Fall is a really good example. I'd, I'd do my best to, <laughs> to try to get that out of, out of my banjo for Let Me Fall. But uh, it's, 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 see, it's just those little things. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah those little things. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot, to, I guess, to say. It, uh, more of just a feeling. Could you give us an example of, like, I don't know if this is too much putting you on the spot, but, like, if, like, Earl Scruggs were to play Let Me Fall... He would have done it pretty differently than I like tried Larry. to. Do, I, I did the, the banjo podcast earlier this year. I tried yeah. to do this exactly. Oh, okay. Keith. Yeah, I oh. that. I, like, I was like, I, I was like, I think Earl Scruggs would, and then I just played something exactly like I would do. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, that was me. Uh, <laughs> and then I had to stop and be like, man, this is hard. I haven't thought about this. Um, I mean, roles would probably be different, but yeah. I'm bad at trying to of showing that. I think there was one interesting. Like obvious difference between like how Earl Scruggs and how Larry Rich, Larry Richardson would play something uh, in a Dear Old Dixie. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. I, I like that. Uh, I guess you're capable of the fifth Yeah. Right? I mean, in in my opinion, early at least the way that I would hear it, like a like an early '50s like Earl Scruggs, like what he did on the Mercury Sessions, wouldn't be that significantly different than what Larry Richardson did, basically. For forever, um, like I, I think Earl's banjo playing like really evolved mm. a lot. Like from the '40s is kind of different than what he was doing, and like just three years later, and then a few years later after that. But basically, the honestly, Earl Scruggs to me was was really fulfilling that all of that for a period of like four or five years, mm. um, late '40s, early '50s. So it's I wouldn't even say that it's significantly different than some of the stuff that Earl Scruggs did. He sure. Earl Scruggs ended up kind of going down a different path, I guess, or just like changing his banjo playing. A Larry knew what he wanted to do. It's also yeah. the, the um, uh, right away the material changed. that Larry was doing too. It's mm -hmm. a different kind of. But yeah, I mean, like the the early Mercury sessions that Flatten Scruggs did, I I hear the or feel the exact same way about those records as mm -hmm. I do about like a lot of Larry Richardson records. Yeah, I feel like. Larry, I don't know, I'm not as familiar with all those, with the way Scruggs is playing and that you're talking about, but I feel like Larry, to me, jumps in with these like high up the neck voicings of like some really interesting version of the chord. It's like there'd be some colorful note yeah, in it like and he's that. got these like driving, like crunchy rolls that it's just like, it just hits you really hard. It's not some like polite, like, all right, here's a nice open G chord and a nice open roll. It's like up the neck crunchy yeah deal with this <laughs> colorful and like pops out of the texture and it like huh. it he punches it out it's like yeah. what i don't know for like i'm of still trying word. to get that high up the neck thing on that yeah. ball just right yeah it's like and then bend a note yeah, yeah that's yeah that is something to contend with yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's calling attention to itself yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, cool. Which in, Larry probably was influenced a lot by that period of Earl Scruggs that I'm talking about yeah. too, because that's, I think that was a more common attitude for Earl to have, like when he was on the Opry with Bill Monroe or something like that. Mm -hmm. He would co constantly be kind of putting that kind of stuff in there. Mm -hmm. I think it was, you know, the more time he spent with Flatt and Scruggs and doing like the Martha White show, mellowed him out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Kind of chilled out. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, and he also had that car accident, right? Or airplane accident or yeah, whatever. Like I, it I'm, maybe changed his style. Yeah, I'm not very good on the history of Rose yeah. after that point, but I do know that yeah, he got injured and yeah. I mean and not to say that that affected his banjo playing in any way. Maybe he altered 
Softbanger. He mellowed anyway yeah. a little bit. And he but aged. Stylistically, you know, it yeah. just changed. Um, but like Ash was saying, I think that also a part of it is the material that Larry Richardson chooses to, chose to play on those recordings. And that's part of what I love about it is that it seems to me to like bring together regional old-time repertoire and like a few other, like there's some standards, bluegrass standards in there or whatever, but like he'll plays like John Henry and like, yeah. you know, this Let Me Fall and things that I think of as like, those are old time songs or, or tunes or songs, um, lots of fiddle tunes too and all that, but it's just like that edgy kind of Virginia, or I don't know, yeah, old time dance repertoire or whatever. What? It's like less cosmopolitan than some bluegrass can be. Mm. Yeah, it all seems to be tied to the region somehow. It's like bluegrass, but it feels like regional repertoire that you would you could have uh, like half the songs his band played, you could have heard the Camp Creek Boys play or some other local old time string band. Yeah. Um, and so, but then they do it, and it's in more you know a bluegrass style with like his high lonesome harmonies and that yeah. kind of thing. But it still feels like it's just like powerful, mm. high energy old time music to me. Yeah. You know, um, and then there's a few you know once in a while there's like something that you can tell came from an old pop song or something like that that they incorporate into the style. But everything about it has some... It's tight. It's rhythmically tight, but it's, like, also gritty, you know? I didn't want to... I wanted to say not polished. But it's not that not polished, because it's great, you know, it locks in. It's yeah. It's, like, not... Uh, it's not, like, glossy. It's not glossy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. match finish. Yeah. 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 No, it's, like, yeah. It's not, like, pretty. It's, like, just, like, powerful and... It's like that That kind of music is really what yeah. convinced me that I really like bluegrass, I think. Um, I yeah. was really more into old-time music. I thought I was just an old-time musician, and I didn't really think I played yeah. bluegrass. And, and then I, somebody, entered, Chloe Milet, gave me a Ted Lundy recording that, like, yeah, that, that her dad has, like, I guess the label that put these recordings out, and she handed me a copy of the Ted Lundy and the Southern Mountain Boys CD one time at Galax. She's like, oh, like, you want to... You think you might be interested in bluegrass? Like, check this out, because it, it's going to be right up your alley. And I was like, yeah, this is just old-time music, but yeah. it's, like, got what I'm looking for. Um, and then Ted Lund or Larry Richardson is more of that kind of thing, but even maybe a little more polished. Mm. Yeah. Not well, glossy, though. Not glossy. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like... What's the lyric? It's sharing my like looks or what? What's the oh? It, uh, uh, it's not good looks. Not, that is true. not good yeah. looks. That's <laughs> true. It's the little things. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the style. It's just like yeah. all oozing with style in a really cool yeah. way. It's just a neat like re hyper regional sort of sound to mm -hmm. it. And, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Well, I think we have time for one more before we talk about, you know, uh, talk business, to, uh, how people get a hold of you and mm -hmm. hire you to do this and that. Yeah, but yeah. what do you want to play before then? Um, should we try the quartet? We need to try that? Yeah. Okay. Some performance music. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to sit back. So what's this song? I'll be um, no stranger there. Oh, I'll great. No cool. Okay, where? Quartet. You brought, brought down the house in the cafe with the song. Everyone got shivers. We got religious. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's hard to do in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't we don't go there we too much. We just didn't want to be a stranger here in Portland. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> didn't want to be strangers. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we? Yeah. 
be no stranger there. Ah, gorgeous. <laughs> Thank a little you. reharmonization at the end. Do they do that in... Okay. That's, that's all this guy. Yeah, yeah. That's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> love that. That's our little stamp. Yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. You know, from us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Uh, okay. Well, I, we could spend a whole other section of time talking about gospel music and stuff, but we should instead talk about where people go to follow you, to hire you, to get your music yeah. live, recorded, uh, or... Sure, instructional well. or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Name all the things. So we we both well we have albums for sale. Andrew and I just whipped one up real quick before going to Australia. It's just a duo album, um, Ashley Watkins and Andrew Small, um, and then also Trevor and Connor have their own uh, album as well called the Chattanooga Dogs. I've got an awesome like bluegrass lineup and throwing in some old time kind of stuff in there too. Hopefully one day we'll have an album together we can put out there. Yeah, I, I think the plan is to record an album with this group at some point, not too distant future. I'd love right. to like capture this sound because what we do as a duet is kind of different. What they do as the Chattanooga Dogs is sort of in a slightly different direction as well. So that's, that is yet to come as a group recording. But um, How would people find... if? If and when that happens, how would people hear about it? So that? we do have a Facebook page, which people should absolutely come follow. We're not, we don't post a ton, but we try to let people know when we, um, at least when we go out and play gigs, and we will definitely let people know when there's a recording yeah. or videos and that kind of thing. We've made a few videos. We'll make some more. Um, we have a website. Uh, it is www.alumridgeboys.com. Is it one L? Uh, one L, one yeah, L. just to clarify. Alum is A-L-U-M. Not like allium, like a garlic or whatever. It's no, just alum, like, alum, like yeah. the pickling salt, right? You use okay. it in like pickling or something. Interesting. I don't know, but anyway, it's Alum Ridge is in Floyd County. And <laughs> so, <laughs> Brian Connor. <laughs> don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time. <laughs> yeah. So, the pickle I've never heard. Never of used alum, alum salt, but I'm also kind of dumb. So, all right. We can pickle. cut that out if you want. <laughs> 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 um, I think um, anyway, but we have yeah the Alan Rich boy. The best thing you can do is like we have a mailing list you can sign up for, which is the best way to find out when something happens. So you can um, that's on the Ashley Watkins and Andrew Small website. Uh, watkinsandsmall.com but I should just stick one on the Alan Ridge Boys page too and we'll, we'll make that happen anyway websites Great. Facebook and then uh, we have a band camp we'll probably make a band camp when our album comes out so I'll let you know but then yeah, yeah. Chattanooga Dogs Chattanooga Dogs yeah. is only on band camp Okay, okay. Um, I think right now and I mean, we burn CD I guess <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome well I'll link all of that in the show notes cool. so people can just sort of tap and swipe until they've Followed you and bought, bought your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can, if you oh, guys are ever, you know, people are coming around to the southeast and going to fiddlers conventions or whatever. Just like yeah. you probably see us around at a lot of those in the summer. Yeah. We try to try to get to those pretty regularly, like Mount Airy yeah. and Galax and all that. But um, um, also we are for hire as a band. Or play dances. Play yeah. dances. Yeah. We play weddings. Um, we've got lots of love. Play like concerts. There. Yep, yeah. concerts. We, we even um, done bluegrass festivals. We do yep. bluegrass we do festivals. festivals. We do old time festivals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
folk festivals, yeah. all that. Uh, we all kind of teach as well. If anyone mm. wanted to reach out, out to us independently about teaching, yeah, yeah. workshops and, and stuff, yeah. Yeah. workshops. Yeah, lovely. I think that's uh, it. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, all that will be listed in the show notes. Thank you so much for doing this. I know this is sort of like your your day off. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah. So thanks yeah. for putting this thing on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You're all recovering so you can do the rest of your tour. So thanks for <laughs> making this little stop. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. On. So good to play and sing with y'all. Yeah. Which, what are y'all going to do for the last one? Well, the last one is going to be sort of our, I don't know if, if we've got a signature song, but if we have one, it's probably this one that we, um, we kind of really arranged this one and, and put our own stamp on it, and um, it's a, it's sort of it's written by a local songwriter from um, Fancy Gap, Virginia, which is Carroll County, right, like near Galax and where the road goes down the mountain to go to Mount Airy. That's Fancy Gap, and um, so this bluegrass mandolin player and singer and songwriter Roy McMillan had his own bands and played. Uh, recorded this song, I don't know, late 60s or 70s or something like that, and it was covered by a handful of more well-known bluegrass bands. Joe Val and the New England Bluegrass Voice did a really nice version of this song, um, Cold Wind, and I think it's been done maybe by a few other bluegrass bands through the years, sort of in the same, in that style, like the way that Joe Val did it and the way that Roy McMillan did it. But we heard the song, thought it was cool and had a lot of, I don't know, it was just a great sort of uh, chorus to work with with the sustained notes that stack the harmony and that sort of thing and and Ash and I started well, we, singing it as a duet yeah. um, you know trying to grab the parts and just keep jumping and then we we're like what if we do it like yeah what if we like tried to arrange it like how would the Dry Hill Draggers play it who are one of our favorite local um, dance bands from the area who have more of a real straightforward string band approach and just like powerhouse fiddle and mm. rhythm dance rhythm and so we we tried to reimagine it in the style of like well what if they had played it and so we play this a lot um for a lot of around you know at local jams and then when we're hanging out in, in the area and we get a lot of requests for it too so it's funny because now we've got like two great singers with this too so we could easily do it as a four part but we haven't worked that out yet <laughs> i like the way y'all do it <laughs> It's one of those songs that just had a chorus of one verse and we just thought the song was so good that we had to stretch it out a little bit so we wrote one of the verses for oh, it. Oh great. Mm -hmm. Cool. Tried to make not, you know, nothing nothing much to it, but just try to use some traditional sounding language to make another verse that sort of st yeah. stuck with that same theme. So but we just try to make a little bit a little bit more our own here. Well, I'm just gonna jump into it here. Oh, 
check the show notes, you'll find websites and Facebook artist pages and Bandcamp pages. Please go click on all those and sign up for mailing lists and buy their music and hire them for stuff. That's the Alum Ridge Boys and Ashley, Ashley Watkins and Andrew Small and Chattanooga Dogs. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, also linked in the show notes along with links to my banjo lessons, my band, my other podcast, and Get Up In The Cool merch. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.